0: Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you?
1: Healthy well, and alive. Yourself?
0: Uh, I'm okay. I uh, I'm a little. I have to be honest. I'm a little nervous. I, I'm a little nervous. I, I'm a little. I'm a little nervous that we're we're right on the edge of something absolutely horrible. We're right on the precipice of falling into the abyss. I, i'm I'm really concerned about
1: it are you are you concerned about it? yes, but i I, I think we're uh, I think we're referencing two different things here
0: oh well, I was referencing the uh, the new. Uh, dominant uh, delta variant that's what i'm what which was formerly known as the india strain but we can't call it that because uh I, apparently that's uh that's not inclusive enough or, or something it's it's racist I'm, I'm not sure whatever the world health organization says the next yeah variance, my my yeah, uh, they spin the wheel of variants. you know i'm i'm just i'm convinced of that they just go in and they have like the the wheel
1: like wheel of fortune you know they just spin it wherever it lands yeah it's the new one uh it seems that way. And this time around though, they've changed all the names. Yeah, as you were saying. It's no longer the India variant or the African variant or now it's the uh, alpha, beta, gamma, delta, whatever. Don't like forget they're, they're about B different. Yeah, B one one seven, yeah.
0: Whatever that was. Uh Israel's it prime was the UK minister. UK variant, wasn't it? Well there was a, yeah, there was a UK variant. And then, well, no no no. That mm-hmm. was Brazil or was that Portugal or uh, South yeah. Africa? I, I
1: can't remember. It was, it but then true. but then
0: Vietnam a couple of weeks ago said that they were dealing with a mutant strain of the UK mixed with the Indian one but nothing ever happened there that just kind of fizzled out that agenda didn't play and and now they're saying that's that that's all over the place of course we saw that we saw that they were doing that with um with the UK, right? Oh no, we we've got the the cases out of control. The Delta variant is everywhere. The hospitals are starting to rise. The, the hospitals are starting to fill back up. The uh, the the cases are are off the charts. Does it make sense to open everything back up, even though the cases are are are, are increasing? No, it doesn't. So they delayed Freedom Day, which was which was supposed to be yesterday. That's gone. Israel's prime minister, newly christened prime minister Bennett, came out and said this just this afternoon. There are indications that the so-called Delta coronavirus variant has begun spreading in Israel. Is there any proof of that? I I haven't seen a single time where they've isolated each one of these so-called variants. I haven't seen that. You know, if they actually had it, it'd be all over the TV news networks. Hell, these people have Hollywood in their back pocket. I'm surprised they haven't concocted some kind of you know nonsense thing. Can't you people do any better than this? Bennett has called on Israeli citizens to not travel abroad, and everyone aged 12 and up need to be vaccinated. Uh, okay, because that seems to not work. Uh, you you end up with more kids dying from the vaccinations than you do of actually dying from COVID. So uh, yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, they're going to go along with that now. According to the numbers, though, Israel is one of the highest vaccinated nations in the world, isn't it? They're one of the highest. They were the first ones to do like the the vaccine passports on a national scale and, and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they be protected against all of that? When they say that the so called ver- Delta coronavirus variant is spreading in Israel, well, you've got the highest vaccinated nation in the world. What are you worried about? And you say, well, um, maybe the uh, maybe the vaccines don't work against the Delta variant. Well. That is that is entirely possible. However, let's take a look at the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's just released a statement. This was put out by Reuters just a few minutes ago from the WhiteHouse.gov website conference that he gave, and he also references uh, Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Uh, let's take a listen.
2: We are not done until we completely crush this outbreak. We seem, as was the case with B one one seven, we seem to be following the pattern with the Delta variant, Mm -hmm. with a doubling time of about two weeks. If you look from the May 8th with 1.2 to 2.7 to 9.9, and as of a couple of days ago, 20.6% of the isolates are Delta. Similar to the situation in the UK, the Delta variant is currently the greatest threat in the US to our attempt to eliminate COVID-19. Uh-huh. Good news, our vaccines are effective against the Delta variant. Conclusion, Hmm. we have the tools, so let's use them and crush the outbreak. Uh I'll hand it now over to Dr. Walensky.
3: We know our vaccines work against this variant. However, this variant represents a set of mutations that could lead to future mutations that evade our vaccine. And that's why it's more important than ever to get vaccinated now to stop the chain of infection, the chain of mutations that could lead to a more dangerous variant.
0: It's funny. I I know that you as the listener can't can't see that, obviously, but uh, Bruce and I are sitting here watching it and you can see her reading clearly from... Mm -hmm. Sounds to me like a tele or looks to me like a teleprompter or some type of a cue card or something there in front of her because don't pay any attention to what she says. What she's doing is she's talking a bunch of nonsense. She's reading. From a pre-prepared statement that's been written for her. Now, Fauci, I think, is good enough at this point. He's been in there for four decades. He's good enough to pretty much wing it on his own. He's entrusted by the medical and health establishment and the pharmaceutical companies to carry the message and be a politician. I think he's well enough off to be able to handle that himself. Does that mean he doesn't have speechwriters? Probably not. Or maybe he gets talking points and he just goes with it. He's a politician. But this woman, she's reading off a script. And be quite honest with you, the entire agenda is a script. They're using the same agenda. They're playing the same game in the UK. They're playing the same game in Israel. They're playing the same game in the US. They're
1: playing the same game in Canada. We don't know 100% whether Fauci was uh, reading a script or not. And the reason I say that is the majority of that video, it was a graph. They didn't actually show Fauci until the end. So We don't really know if he was reading a script or not in that scenario, but it would not surprise me if he were reading a script or, as you said, he'd already been briefed beforehand and was, you know, just winging it. He's been pushing the narrative for a year now, so he should be well rehearsed on what to say. He should be, yeah. And
0: as I said, he's been in there for four decades. He's a politician. But what happens when you go against the grain, right? We, we, know, we know kind of how this goes. You get banned, you get shut down, you get pushed off. Last night after we went offline, something came through from the National File, alternative media websites uh, run by a guy named Tom Pappert. They put out some good stuff. Uh, we cover some of their stuff here from time to time. Uh, they look at some pretty credible stuff and, and put out some good information. So we look at their stuff from time to time. Well, they got banned from Twitter yesterday. What did they get banned for? They got banned for e- for exactly what we were discussing yesterday. We were discussing the woman who lost her nephew, her 13-year-old nephew, three days after they got their second Pfizer jab. All they did over at the National File was put that article up. That's all they did. They didn't put a spin on it with, with an op-ed piece or, or something like that. They just put it out. Now, the woman who put the information out on Twitter in the first place, she's still there. But these guys over at, uh, over at the National File, they're not. Their stuff's been taken down. We talked yesterday about what was in that tweet. Again, this came out last night after we went offline. There was more to that tweet. The woman put up her uh, uh, her nephew's vaccination card and all the rest of it. Well, somebody replied to that and said, I'm so very sorry for your devastating loss. My eldest granddaughter is 12 and about to have her second vaccination. I plan to take her to hang out with me for a couple of weeks, but now I'm worried. Well, the woman who tweeted that she lost her, her 13-year-old nephew three days after the second vaccination responds to this woman who's about to have her granddaughter, who's 12 years old, to have her second jab she responded saying this. I would definitely still get her vaccinated. If I hadn't already vaccinated my 14 year old, I would still do it. But especially for boys, I would monitor the heart rate very frequently for the following week. And I would even get up in the middle of the night to do it. Lady, you just lost your nephew to this. You yourself even questioned the CDC and she doubles down as if she wasn't doubling down before. Now she's doubling down again, telling other people, yeah, I'm I'm still for it. Sure. You know, I like to think that, you know, we were kind of discussing this before we started. I I like to think that it is what you were saying, Bruce, is when something like this happens, you think that's going to be their wake up call. But is it? This is not the first time I've heard a story like this. I heard a woman call into a podcast about a month ago and her brother took their mother to get vaccinated and she's looking around doing her own research and everything and she's saying, don't, don't do that. Don't do that because it's experimental. There's there's no proof that any of this stuff even works. We don't know what the side effects are, we don't know what the long-term effects are. Don't do it. But he convinced her, he not not the woman, he convinced his mother to go and have it done, and she was dead a week later. She then goes back, she was calling. And this this tops it off. She was calling from the funeral procession. She was calling into the podcast from the funeral procession, and she was explaining, she was trying to explain and and give hell to her brother for killing their mother. And he said, well, that's, that's just what happens sometimes. The commitment to this is, it, like, this is
1: unprecedented. I've never seen anything like this. Colt, I mean, I would have hoped that, as you said, this kind of a situation, they would kind of, it would knock them out of it, right? It'd be like rock bottom for a drug dealer or a drug user. Um, no, no. Uh, in, in many cases, it's like, no, it, it uh, you should still go in and get vaccinated, which says to me that they believe that getting COVID is far worse. Like you're you're going to die if you get COVID. So, you know, what, what what's a little bit of a risk uh, of taking a vaccine and you might die or you might have, you know, defects for the rest of your life? Even Makes so,
0: yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And even so, there's no data to support that the kids have ever been a problem
1: ever. There's no data. To support uh, no, in that. fact... In fact, the data shows that the kids are least vulnerable to COVID-19. I mean, all the data that we've seen so far, especially in places with schools still open, uh, kids are not affected by it at all. Not only do they not catch it, but they don't transmit it. And if they do happen to catch it, it is so minor for them, they don't even realize that they have it. They're asymptomatic. So uh, no, there's no reason to go and get the kids vaccinated for this when you're more likely to have health problems from getting vaccinated for the kids than to actually catch it.
0: Mm-hmm. And as I said yesterday, they don't care. And I'm talking about the establishment. They, they don't care. You can sit here and you can throw stuff at them all day long. The, the government people, the politicians, the, the the people that are pushing this, the media people, they don't care about any kind of real science, real evidence, real data. They don't care about that. The only thing they care about is pushing the agenda that they see fit. That They're blind to science, they're blind to evidence. They're blind to data. They won't hear it. They're stuck in their own feedback loops and their own echo chambers. Case in point: You talked quite a while ago, and we looked at this. We looked at this study last year on ivermectin. It was one of the very, very early things, and they said, "Hey, wait a minute. Here's an anti-parasitic medication that's usually used for like horses, but it works, and it's pennies." It costs nothing to make. We can do it in certain doses. Obviously, you don't want to go and buy it off the shelf somewhere. But the the pharmaceutical side of it, they can do it in doses, and it's it's off patent. It's pennies. It costs nothing. But still, they don't want to hear it. When we were hearing the stories about India, how it was some apocalyptic event and and all the rest, they were burning bodies by the truckloads in the streets and everything else. Yeah, whatever. Uh, by the time they were doing that, what happened? They switched to vaccines. They were using preventative measures. They were using therapeutics like ivermectin because it's pennies. They can hand it out by the handfuls and it costs nothing. They noticed in India that when they did the ivermectin, cases dropped by 97% in a week. 97%. Nope. We got to switch to vaccines. According to the World Health Organization edicts, we've got to switch. Then you had people dying. They don't care about what works. If a glass of orange juice, which in this case it actually does, if a glass of orange juice can be used as a therapeutic, they're not going to hear that. They'll ban orange juice because it's all about the vaccine to them. To the stakeholders, it's all about that. Down in Australia, I want to go down under here for a minute. Down in Australia, member of parliament down there, is sta- member of parliament, he's in government. He's standing up there referencing these types of things, these types of studies, and it's falling on deaf ears. They don't care. Let's listen to what he had to say.
4: I would like to conclude, Deputy Speaker, if you, if you want to read one particular study on the effectiveness of ivermectin, one particular peer-reviewed study on ivermectin, I'd suggest to you in the Journal of Biomedical Research and Clinical Investigations, Deputy Speaker, study published last year. Now what they did in this study, Deputy Speaker, this was in across four hospitals in Argentina and they had two groups. They had 407 people, hospital workers, doctors and nurses and orderlies, which they just had them with their standard PPE equipment. And they had another group of 788, again, doctors and nurses and orderlies, which they They gave ivermectin to. So we had an ivermectin group and a non ivermectin group. In the non ivermectin group of the 407, 237 of them, 58 per cent, in a three month period contracted COVID. You can understand that, Deputy Speaker. Argentina. Is not a wealthy country as wealthy as we are here in Australia. Their hospitals are crowded, overcrowded. COVID was right through their society. The nurses and doctors in that hospital that didn't take ivermectin in that study period, 58% of them became infected. But of the 788, of the 788 that took the ivermectin treatment, deputy speaker, can you guess how many contracted COVID? of 788. Remembering, it was 58% in the other group. 700, it was zero. A duck egg. Not one single person, not one single doctor, not one single nurse, not one single orderly contracted COVID. And yet in the other group, Deputy Speaker, they had 58%. If that is not enough evidence, if I've not shown enough evidence here tonight that ivermectin must be adopted widely in this country, we only the results across the board in countries like India, how successful they have been at crushing their COVID curves with Ivermectin, Deputy Speaker. It must be adopted widely in this country. It is an effective treatment. And I-
0: Currently, Australia has around 7 million people in lockdown, last we heard. It's kind of hard to get information out down there. But last we heard, they had about 7 million people in lockdown because of 25 cases. 7 million people because of 25 cases. This member of parliament, this gentleman right here who put this uh, put this video out, what do you think happened to him the same day once he put that report out? What do you think happened to him? His Twitter account, his Facebook accounts were all shut down. When he posted this information, when he posted that video of him arguing that case in the Australian parliament, pleading with the government that he works in to implement that type of medication to get out of this mess...
1: He was taken down. Are we surprised? It, it, the, no. When it comes down to this kind of stuff, when we look at this, would you not be okay? Let's say this pandemic is as bad as they're making this hysteria to be, right? As bad as they're genning this up to be, would you not implement every single measure that would help mitigate hospitalization or death? Absolutely, absolutely. So if why? It, so why if are it's, th- why why aren't they pushing it?
0: Yeah, I- even if it's. A, a small, minute chance of possibly being a therapeutic. Let's let's look at it. Even if it's a small, yeah. we're not closing the gyms. We're keeping them open. We're not restricting people's access to clean, healthy food. We're not shutting down the economy so people can sit at home and gain 15 pounds. We're not doing that. Absolutely not.
1: Whatever the case may be. So uh, the only thing I can conclude at this point, uh, because they're unwilling to 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 look at those other things, is they have malicious intent if you're unwilling to pick up the uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or whatever the 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 drug is that's out there that has been out used i mean it's it's off patent it's been used for a long time it's won nobel prizes i mean wh- why would you not look at it why would you not use it why would you not at least test it in your own country and do your own experiments to see that it, whether it works or not I mean, so I, I think this is all malicious in this case. This is, this is all has uh, negative intent. I agree. I agree. What do you think should happen to China?
0: I know we've kind of tossed around ideas before, but the, the administration has come out uh, with a spokesman who's, who's commented on uh, what the possibilities and what the ramifications could be uh, for China should it come out that uh, they are um, you know, responsible for engineering this type of thing and it got out of a lab. Uh, assuming that that's the case, not saying that that's what it is, but just assuming that that's the case. What do you think should be the ramifications? Um, that's a tough one. Hang on, hang on. uh, Let me me restate this. Hold on a second. Let let me restate this. Maybe I was overreaching just a little bit too much because we have covered that topic before. What do you think should happen if China doesn't cooperate with the investigation on the origins, which clearly they have not up to this point, but what should happen to them if they don't
1: cooperate? Well, putting it that way, uh, not cooperating, well, I would say sanctions uh, at that point. To your other question about whether or not the, the reason that's difficult for me, Mm-hmm. Is because of I, I know how how we respond to that. That's why it's difficult because I don't disagree and I, I don't want to see that. It, you know. So yeah, it's a tough one.
0: Well, Jake Sullivan, uh, who is uh, he's a national security advisor. Uh, He was discussing the Biden administration's plan to, uh, yeah, uh, to possibly deal with this. Uh, And he he said that uh, he was on Fox News on Sunday and he said that and I'm quoting here. China will face isolation in the in the international community if the country does not cooperate with further probes into the origin of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, I mean, okay, that's great. You're going to you're going to tell countries, I mean, to be honest with you, COVID aside, I'm sorry. I don't care if it's China. I don't care if it's Venezuela. I don't care if it's Cuba. Whatever. If you're a totalitarian nation, any kind of any kind of totalitarian nation where you suppress your people, any in any form, right, left, whatever, I don't care. If you are violating the human rights and the freedoms, the personal freedoms of your citizens, we're not doing business with you. Period. End of story. End of story. It ends there. Of course, that's me. You know that that's me. Of course, I would if I were to to take that stance. As a politician, I'd be, well, you know what would happen to me these days.
1: Yeah. True. I I would also say that um, while doing sanctions on China, we should also be looking at here, like, I don't know, you know, the um, different organizations that were funding uh, this Wuhan lab. Um, maybe we should do uh, investigations into them and start uh, hanging out some people to dry. Um, uh, Google, for that. example,
0: and and the DOD and yeah. National Institute of Health and CDC and those. Yeah, those those yeah. Are those those people. Yeah. Uh, so Mr. Sullivan here, uh, he went on to say what Joe Biden did in Europe this week was rally the democratic world to speak with a common voice on the issue of for the first time since COVID broke out. President Trump wasn't able to do it. President Biden was. He got the G7 to endorse a statement saying in unison that China must allow an investigation to proceed within its territory. Okay, first of all, let's just start at the beginning of that. Uh, What Joe Biden did in Europe this week was rally the democratic world to speak. No, what Joe Biden did in Europe at the G7 was kowtow to the European leaders. That's what he did. He showed no sign of leadership whatsoever. He sat there and took it. Did you see the photo of Macron sticking his finger in, in Biden's face with Biden with his head down? And, and did you see the video that was circulating there for a while of all of them getting their picture taken or whatever out there on the steps or whatever it was? And then they all walked in in this this crowd towards the, uh, uh, towards the garden party. Biden was bringing up the rear. He looked at the camera and just kind of waved at it. What he did was rally the democratic world. Are you serious? President Trump wasn't able to do it. He wasn't able to do it because these people are politicians. They won't work with that. They won't work with a real person. They won't work with someone who sit down, who will sit down and talk tough. Of course he couldn't do it because none of them were playing for the same team. And I'm not sure leading for Trump, believe me. But Trump was an outsider one way or the other. He got the G7 to endorse a statement saying that in unison, what, what is this? He didn't do anything except sit there and make a fool of himself in the U.S. He was talking over Boris Johnson, who had already introduced the South African representative. And he said, oh, don't forget the South African representative. And everybody laughed at him. So no, leadership role. You go, you go on down the road with that one, Jack. Sorry. Or Jake. He said it, was it a is disgrace. That, it was a disgrace without a doubt without a doubt 100%. He went on to say, "It is that diplomatic spade work." Spade work. Yeah, is that is that like the spade work of those shovel ready jobs that uh, Barack Obama his predecessor was talking about? Spade work. Yeah. Rallying the nations of the world, imposing political and diplomatic pressure on China. Since when? Since when has has stumble bum Joe done that? Since when? Last I heard him speaking about China, he said, "No one spent more time with Xi Jinping than me. I've got 25 hours racked up. We've had private dinners. China's not our adversary;
1: they're our friends. That's imposing political and diplomatic pressure on China." Well, I would argue he doesn't really have much much of a leg to stand on when it comes to China because China has enough dirt on him and his family that, um, yeah, because of the dealings that they've done together, he's not able to really put up a good resistance against China.
0: Uh, by the way, Hunter Biden, I read this morning, he has still not divested from those CCP firms. Uh, he's he's still there. Uh, so yeah, there is that. But but that's okay because he has his own private art show coming up. Uh, and anonymous donors will will be bidding on his pieces that he puts up.
1: Book deals, art deals, like what, what what's the this is this is what the po- the political elite get is they go off and get to do the the crimes and uh commit treason and they get book deals millions they get of dollars on the back in yeah. book
0: deals i might add yeah Anyway, uh, he went on to say here that uh, either they will allow in a responsible way, he's speaking of China, either they will allow in a responsible way investigators in to do the real work of figuring out where this came from, or they will face isolation in the international community. You're going to allow investigators in there. Gee, I wonder, uh, will it be the same crack shot investigators that uh, that went in there the last time? <laughs> Peter Daszak? For example, the World Health Organization, that was the guy who actually funded the lab in the first place through the EcoHealth Alliance. Now, Peter Daszak was removed from the Medical Journal's COVID-19 Commission. That happened which is The Lancet, which a lot of interesting stuff in there, if, if you're into that kind of stuff. I mean, we look through a lot of, you know, a lot of their white papers and stuff from time to time. So The Lancet, that's kind of like their official publication. Uh, he was removed from the COVID-19 Commission following numerous exposés by the uh, by the National Pulse. Oh, Rahim Kassam and Natalie Winters, they, they do some fantastic work calling out this guy. Uh, surrounding uh, specifically his work with the Chinese Communist Party. I might add uh, the web page for the Lancet's commission now reads recused from commission work on the origins of the pandemic under Daszak's entry. So he's he's no longer uh, he's no longer there. Uh, An interdisciplinary initiative encompassing the health sciences, business, finance and uh, public policy. That is the Lancet's COVID-19 commission's self-described uh, position. The work for the commission has four main themes. So let's see if he actually met these criteria. Recommendations on how to best suppress the epidemic. Addressing the humanitarian crises arising from the pandemic. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on the first one here still. Suppress the, epi- the epidemic. So before it becomes a pandemic, the epidemic. So like a r- local outbreak.
1: R- right. But suppress the epidemic. So <laughs> that could go one of yeah, two ways. I see where you're going with Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It could be that he was suppressing as in hiding it, not hey, hey, Tony. suppressing as in controlling.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, Tony, we really appreciate you keeping the uh the the Wuhan Institute of Virology out of the press. Thanks for running the interference for us. We really appreciate that. hmm hmm Your friend Peter. Call me. Addressing the humanitarian crises ar- arising from the pandemic. Boy, they've done a bang up job with that, haven't they? They've done yeah. great with that one. Ad- mm-hmm. <laughs> Address, this is even better. Addressing the financial and economic crises resulting from the pandemic. Again, how many? Fantastic job again. Yeah, they've done great with that one, too. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think all of our Western economies lost last year, every single one of them. The only one that was brought up in the world was China. They grew by seven point three percent. i just I'm just saying. Now, here's the other thing here. Now, let's see if let's see if this one uh, will Let's see if this one will uh, well motivate you a little bit. They're also responsible for uh, rebuilding an inclusive, fair, and sustainable world. Gee, I wonder where that talking point comes from. Huh? That sounds uh, uh, awful familiar. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Now uh, he's been discredited through The Lancet, so that's the official publication, right? That's the official scientific community's publication. So he's been discredited through that. He's already been taken down off the website. He's been you know ostracized and all that stuff there. <laughs> But here's the thing. As of two days ago, uh, they're leading a new World Health Organization strategic group on pandemics. Um, now, who do you think that they picked to lead this uh, strategic group from the World Health Organization on pandemics? Uh, that, that would be uh, Peter Daszak. <laughs> just just saying. Uh, but also, there is uh, there's another person that they picked to, uh, to get onto this, uh, uh, this, whatever this is, uh, this strategic group from the World Health Organization, a 26 person body dubbed one health high level expert panel. Tell me that doesn't sound like bad translation. Uh, what was it again? Hang on. One health, one health high level expert panel. Wow, that's, uh, that's okay. something, isn't it? It's like build back better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other person they've picked in this is, uh, Uh, an EcoHealth Alliance uh, senior policy advisor and senior scientist, Catherine Michael Abla.
1: Let's see if they list who some of the people were.
0: Now, another key figure, while you're looking that up, I'm going to run down through some of these people. Uh, Another key figure uh, in the cover-up of this would be uh, DASIC's fellow uh, World Health Organization-sponsored investigator, Marion Koopmans, who was placed on the new advisory board as well. Now, This sounds like a great team they're putting together, doesn't it? I mean, now you might ask, well, who's Koopmans? What, 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 do, what, what do they do? That's a former advisor to the Chinese Communist Party-run CDC in Guangdong province, uh, and has also taken several research grants from Chinese state-backed institutions. Boy, this is a real crack shot team they're putting together here from the World Health Organization. This is who you're going to task with looking into the origins of this, I mean, as if it wasn't bad enough the last time. Now, I'm sure that there's no conflict of interest here in this next pick. Are you ready for this next pick, Bruce? I'm sure there's no conflict of interest here at all. Two Chinese Communist Party officials, China's CDC director, George Gao, and chief of the body's emerging infectious disease branch, Zhao Li. Uh, They were also picked to be on this, um, uh, how how do they put it, Uh, this strategic group, the World Health Organization strategic group on pandemics. No problem here, comrade. No, no, there's no problem on this at all. Uh, the One Health High Level Expert Panel, or OHHLEP, expands upon the United Nations mission of One Health, described as an approach to designing and implementing programs, policies, legislation, and research in which multiple sectors communicate and work together to achieve better public health outcomes. Now, here's the interesting what, what are they going to focus on? Well, they're going to focus on providing policy relevant scientific assessment on the emergence of health crises arising from the human-animal ecosystem interface and lead in the development of a long-term strategic approach to reducing the risk of zoonotic pandemics.
1: Uh, Did you mention in there, let's see, this was proposed by France, this W-H-H-L-E-P. It was proposed by France and supported by Germany. Mm -hmm. Two of the officials that they talk about That I can find so far is Sergei Morand, Mm -hmm. Uh, probably skewing the name, and the other one uh, that's French, and then a German Thomas Mettenleiter, I don't know something like that Mm -hmm. from the Institute Council of the Frederick Loeffler Institute. Uh huh. Well, either way,
0: uh, I think there's quite a bit of conflict of interest there in the in the picks that they've they've put up there. We've got 26 in all, but those are just some of some of the few. You've got two Chinese Communist Party officials, you've got Dasik, you've got people that work with him at EcoHealth. They're senior policy advisors and they're senior scientists. I think there's a little bit of a conflict of interest here,
1: don't you? Just a little bit. Yeah, and um, on top of that, supposedly this they're supposed to meet three times a year um, uh, going forward and then produce a report. Actually, so this is going to be an ongoing thing. Actually, you know what? We
0: should just do that with the United Nations in general. They should meet three times a year and then produce a report. Yeah. And that's, that, that will be the end of it. And then bugger off. The yeah. Rest, and let's, uh, let's just do the, the same thing the with year. the European union and, and let's do it with, yeah. uh, let's do it with the U S Congress as well. You, know, you can meet yeah. three times a year and then put out a report and <laughs> that's the end of your federal job. government in, 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 in general should, uh, yeah. Three days at the federal three, level. Yeah. Three times a three year. Yeah. yeah. Well, three for three days. Yeah. yeah, we'll give you three days. Yeah. Three times a year for three days. You get nine days a year. That's all you get. If you can't come up with it in 72 hours. And by the way, that's just a report that you'd be putting out. Yep. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's it's good. You talk about limited government, man. That's it. Okay. Bruce, how do you feel about the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Are you Are you confident in that institution? As a as a global citizen, are you uh are you confident in that uh, in that institution as being one of integrity and and science and and credibility uh, in in the world today?
1: I think it should be the first
0: ever glass parking lot in the world. Mm. Some people, like uh, Doctor Peter Navarro, say that uh, that is the house that Fauci built because, quite frankly, <laughs> he is with all the money he funneled to that place. And we're talking yeah. not only that, but. All the other corporations like Google that we talked about the other day, the DOD, all these other people that are involved with this, they funded those labs to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, you might not think very highly of that institution. You as the listener, you might not think very highly of that institution. However, China does. They think very highly of that institution, so much so that they have selected the Wuhan Institute of Virology as a candidate for the
1: Outstanding Science and Technology Achievement Award. Actually, I I think from a perspective of China, that award is well-deserved coming from the CCP's perspective. True. Yeah, you, you have to you have to look at it
0: in terms of how these communist re- regimes operate and totalitarian re- well totalitarian regimes in in general they, how they operate. Uh, whenever there is doubt cast on an institution, the ruling party, whether it's a fascist government or a communist government or whatever, they will always do one of two things: they will deflect and make the problem go away, and they'll shut it down behind the scenes. Or what they'll do is they'll create some kind of smokescreen around it and, and give it uh, its praises, talking about how wonderful it is. That's what they'll do with companies that are compromised and could bring down totalitarian rules in these, these uh, totalitarian societies. It's always worked like that. For example, there wasn't really much to talk about in, um, in the manners of uh, certain companies uh, in Germany during the time of, uh, uh, of the Nazis. However, some companies actually survived. Volkswagen, for example, right? The people's car, Actually, the design of the Beetle was a design of Hitler. That's that's the truth. So you create things around it to, to make to make it actually look better. You, you boost it up. Who designed the SS uniforms in Nazi Germany was Hugo Boss. See, you give it a boost. The company, if, if Hugo Boss didn't play ball, well, then that would have given him a bad name. They would have been discredited and, and pushed off behind the scenes, and that would have been it. But instead... We'll make your government people stylish. Yeah, we'll make them look good. It's what they do. So what they do with corporations and totalitarian regimes, it's no different here with this group. So according to the Global Times, which is the Chinese state run uh, mouthpiece, uh, according to that, which is a tabloid newspaper, pretty much uh, under the auspices of the uh, Chinese Communist Party flagships People's Daily newspaper, uh, which oddly enough, I, th- I think you could almost look at that in former terms or in former times in the US. There was a paper that was put out. I don't know if it's still there or not. There was a paper that was put out back in the, I want to say it was in the In the fifties and all the way up through the seventies, it was called the Daily Worker. It was a communist newspaper in the United States that was that was put out, uh, and it was nothing but Marxist propaganda. And it's kind of like this is kind of the same thing. It's uh, you know Global Times, People's Daily, you know that that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's still called that. I'm sure they've probably changed the name for it. But there's so many left wing rags out there now that's, I mean, hell, I mean, they're all like that. But the idea of that paper was to be promoted to, as in worker, daily worker, working class, you know, we're going to promote it to like those trade unions and, and things like that, because that's who they needed to get on board, daily worker. And I'm 1958 sure Bruce is, was the last 1958. That was the last issue. OK, yeah. Yeah. I I, I want to say I want I, th- I knew it was in that time frame somewhere, but I I wasn't exactly sure. But I remember that reading about that paper in uh, in history books uh, and it was a communist newspaper. But anyway, uh, this is basically the same thing. But this is put out on a global scale. Uh, they comment on international issues from a nationalistic perspective. You know, the things that we're told to hate. Do you know what happens if you're Uh, A non-nationalistic person in China? Oh, life's not going to be very good for you. The award is given to individuals or research groups who have made or demonstrated significant achievements in the past five years. Has that institute demonstrated significant achievements in the past five years? I would argue, yes, depending on how you're looking at it. They have made significant achievements in the past five years. That institution got the rest of the world to crash their economies. I would call that if you're if you're a totalitarian dictatorship, I would call
1: that a significant achievement, wouldn't you? Resounding success. Oh, yeah. And you got the rest of the world to to say it came from a wet food market. It was an animal mm-hmm. transmitted disease, not a mm-hmm. engineered the
0: CAS, uh, the National Academy for the Natural Sciences of the People's Republic of China, awards 10 such individuals and research groups every year. The Global Times reported that the lab was selected for carrying out pathogen identification after the COVID-19 outbreak. Oh, you mean it was kind of like what John Stewart said on Stephen Colbert. Uh, we have a coronavirus outbreak in the city where they have a lab that specializes in coronaviruses. Maybe we should ask them what's going on. That That's exactly like, hey, uh, we have an outbreak of chocolate in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Maybe we should ask the Hershey chocolate factory that's there what's going on. <laughs> I hate to reference yeah. TV comedians here, but the man's right. Yeah. The entire virus genome sequencing uh, that uh, they also, uh, you know, for completing the entire virus genome sequencing and virus isolation within a short time. Have we seen that? I'm just curious. Have we seen that? Still waiting on it. You know, there were five German scientists here. I I read about this back in November. There were five German scientists here that from five different institutions here, they tried to isolate COVID-19 and they couldn't do it. But was that talked about in the news? Is that still in the news? It's not. It's not. Now, I am certainly, and I have not said, nor have any of us ever said, that there was no virus. We've never said that. There is something out there, but there's also a lot of other things out there that can kill you. You have a higher chance, statistically speaking, you have a higher chance of contracting the seasonal flu and dying from it, statistically speaking, as compared to COVID-19. Of course, you watch the media. The numbers are flipped, but that's his- that's mass hysteria and that's that's hyperbolic. We're not going there. Now they also say that uh, confirming that COVID nineteen virus shares the same functional receptor as the SARS virus for systematically analyzing the basic biological characteristics of the virus and for revealing that the coronavirus carried by bats may be the evolutionary ancestor of the COVID nineteen coronavirus. Evolutionary
1: ancestor? Ha uh-uh. ha! Uh-uh. No. Uh if you consider evolution to be engineering, you're like, if you if you'll consider that as uh, evolution, then OK, I, I'll give you that. It, but uh, nah. now what's interesting
0: here is not only did they give that to. Uh, how do they put it? Uh, research groups that not only do they also give it to individuals too. And they've picked a couple of people here that you might know. Uh, they've picked a couple of people here you might know uh, to give this award to as well. In addition to the lab being selected as the candidate for the prize, China's Batwoman, in glee and Yuan Jiming, I think her name is, Jiming, director of the Wuhan Institute of Virology's National Biosafety Laboratory, were selected as outstanding contributors of the Wuhan Institute of Virology group candidates. So the woman who went led the team to the caves to collect the bats to bring them back to the Institute of Virology to engineer them using money from EcoHealth Alliance that was funneled by Peter Dasick, the Department of Defense, the CDC, and Google... The woman who's responsible for doing that research, the Bat Lady, which has been talked about by Bannon and his team and Navarro, she's been listed in several research papers that we've looked at, several white papers, peer-reviewed white papers at that. She gets the outstanding she she gets the outstanding award. <laughs> you couldn't make this up. You could not make this up. This is too good. The Chinese state run media outlet, Global Times, wrote that the Wuhan Institute and scientists at the Institute, I'm quoting here, have been attacked in a new round of slander from Western politicians and media. China's foreign ministry spokesman stressed at Thursday's press conference that the scientists working at the Wuhan Institute should be awarded the Nobel Prize in Medicine rather than being blamed for being the first to discover the gene sequence of the novel coronavirus. <laughs> You, you could not make this up.
1: You couldn't do it. If you were writing a bad script for a movie, you couldn't do better than this. I mean, uh, some of the articles coming out of like um, Babylon B and uh, The Onion are more believable than what, what's happening. If you were to go back just a few years and look at the Babylon Bee or or The Onion and compare it to now, that that seemed like just a normal day. Like... Compared to what's happening now. Right? I mean, <laughs> you, the Nobel Prize.
0: <laughs> this is also the same foreign minister that said last week that the U.S. needs to look very seriously at their at, at child labor in their country. They need to look very seriously at child labor. And also, the U.S. is, the US is sick. Uh, the U.S. is very sick. And it needs an inoculation. That's according to the Chinese foreign minister.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, by Chinese standards, um, if you're... Enough to walk, you should be working in a sweatshop. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was, you know,
0: yeah. Just so I'm clear, that that was by the Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson, not the Foreign Minister himself, uh, not as far as I'm aware. So I just to make sure that we're we're clear there. Mm -hmm. Bruce is in shock. I know you as the listener, you can't see him. Bruce is in shock. He's over there just shaking his head and
1: shrugging his shoulders. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Nothing else. Like this is the insanity we're in, and here we are. Yeah. Welcome.
0: <sighs> All right. Uh, you know what? Let's hold Fauci's bosses. Uh, let, let's hold Fauci's bosses and the research deals he's involved. It, uh, this is this is that. We'll talk about this tomorrow. This is out uh, just now. Uh, Fauci's bosses signed research deals with the Chinese Communist military. <laughs> <laughs> This, this gets better and better. We'll go over that tomorrow. We don't have the time today to do that. But this just gets better and better. And there's proof of this. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Bruce, do you think that the US states opened too fast? (laughs) I I think they didn't
1: shut down to begin. Yeah, that's a real question. Do you think they opened too fast? Um, It depends on who you ask, what what perspective you're coming from. If you're coming from the progressive left, Yes, it opened too quickly. All states opened too quickly. Um, If you're coming from someone that uh, likes this country and likes the lives that we have, um, we shouldn't have shut down in the first place. Uh, The mayor of Atlanta,
0: uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, uh, she says the reason that the crime is rising uh, in the city, the violent crime is is rising is, be- is because they they lifted the lockdown restrictions too soon. That's That's why the, the crime's out of control. It, it couldn't be the fact that you're defunding the police department. It couldn't be the fact that you're playing cultural warfare against uh, against your own population. It couldn't be the fact that you're stoking race violence, causing police officers to quit because they're afraid of getting prosecuted for doing their jobs. Couldn't be that. It it couldn't be the fact that they're too afraid. I'm not and I'm not blaming the cop. It couldn't be too. It couldn't be the fact that they're too afraid to do their job and enforce the law for for fear of getting arrested. Couldn't be that. No, we lifted lockdown restrictions too early. She's claiming that the spike in the city's crime rates can be blamed on the early easing of COVID-19 restrictions in Georgia. She Like she's blaming, and again, she's playing party politics. She's blaming the GOP at the state house, is what she's doing, saying, Oh, well. Uh, they, they opened up too early. Uh, that's that's what it is. I, I've got a clip of her here. Uh, let's and I, I'm I'm really I really don't even want to hear it. But uh, let's let's listen to it anyway.
3: It's happening across the country, but it is definitely happening in your city. Homicides at the highest level in 20 years. And we're going into a summer hot weekend. It could be very bad. What are you doing about it? We are doing every single thing that we can do about it. Um, just yesterday, I had a briefing Uh, from the special assistant in charge with the FBI. We are looking for outside support um, and resources, working with all of our partners, but you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, this is a spike that we're not just seeing in Atlanta, We are seeing it across the country. I'm talking to mayors in major cities, in cities really big and small. And we are all grappling with the same issues. In Atlanta specifically, we have really put a push towards getting our young people to work. This summer, Uh our schools were closed by and large for the entire school year. And there is the mental health piece as well. So uh, President Joe Biden and the American Rescue Plan, set aside $5 billion towards violence prevention programs, but also there is the here and now that we have to deal with. And we believe that getting at least 1,000 young people to work this summer, which we've had great success with, will help, but there's still so much work to be done. And until we deal with the systemic issues of gun violence in this country, how easily young people people with mental illnesses can access guns in this country. Here comes the I'm gun afraid control. that this will not be the last summer that we are having this conversation. Oh. You've called this a COVID crime wave, but killings <laughs> are up 50% from before COVID. Where is this coming
0: from? Defunded well, I think there are a couple
3: of things that you have to compare. Remember, In Georgia, we were opened up before the rest of the country, even before the CDC said that it was safe for us to open. Uh, So our nightclubs and our bars remain open. We had people traveling here from across the country to party in our city. Uh, So we believe our comparable numbers are from 2019, which they are still up. Um, But again, this is an issue that's happening in cities across the country. If it were an Atlanta issue alone, uh, then I would know that there was something that we weren't getting right addressing. All right, all
0: right, that's enough. I can't hear any more of that. (laughs) All right, they're up in cities across the country because you've defunded the police. In cities across the country, that's why the crime rates out of control. You're persecuting officers that do their jobs. You're dismissing charges against people that commit violent crimes out in the open. What just happened in New York to all the people that were? Excuse me, or was it D.C. All the rioters in D.C. Uh, New York, New York. All all the rioters in New York. What just happened? What the DA's office? The useless DA up there. What the DA's office just do? What the state's attorney just do?
1: Uh, they just dropped all the charges uh-huh. on uh, all the rioters. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and crime is is out of control. And, and New York, we were talking about what's going on in New York. The crime rates through the roof in New York. Two hundred and eighty nine percent in the Upper
1: West Side just this year. Yeah, but there's there's also another kicker to that. Um, they've dropped all the charges on the rioters themselves. Uh huh. But thirty nine of the officers, they're looking at punishing for responding to BLM riots. Oh, oh. So they were doing exactly what
0: we said they were doing. They're punishing police officers rather than people that actually commit the crimes. Look at these numbers, Bruce. Look at these. Yeah, I was looking at that. This is the report. This is these these are these are numbers. These are hard data numbers. This is from the Atlanta Police Department. Increases from two thousand and twenty to two thousand and twenty one, just in the city of Atlanta. Homicides up fifty eight percent. Rape up ninety seven percent. Robbery up two percent. That's not too bad to be honest. Aggravated assault twenty six percent. Larceny and from and auto theft. Larceny is up twenty seven percent. Theft from vehicle same statistic up twenty seven percent. Auto theft up thirty six percent. Um. So
1: looking at it, Atlanta. I, I was just I was curious. Their quote unquote violent crimes in general is uh, seven hundred and sixty nine per one hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Is that an FBI statistic? I know we, we went over those
0: numbers like a couple of years ago. It's been a while. I haven't pulled that report in a while.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm. If I can get more detail on that. Let's see here, total crime, uh, rape fifty was uh, per one hundred thousand. Uh, And that was up 90. What was it? Ninety seven percent. Ninety six percent. Something like that. Ninety seven percent. Yeah. Yeah. Murder is um, we'll say about 18 per one hundred thousand.
0: So the actual the the Atlanta PD, their actual report says it's up 58 percent from last year to now. Yeah. But see, they've got a plan, though, Bruce. They, they've got a plan. They're going to use the Biden national whatever the hell she said to get five billion dollars and they're going to put a thousand young people back
1: to work. The, the, those numbers, by the way, were from 2019. Mm-hmm. So uh, what you were saying, you know, upscaling it with the percentages that they were talking there, mm-hmm. th- that, that, that would be accurate.
0: But didn't you hear what I said th- that, she, that she was saying? Yeah. They're going to use five billion dollars yeah. to put a thousand young people back to work. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all those people. Yeah, and it's all those mentally ill people that have all those guns.
1: Uh that that's what the problem is. Uh I mean, I the ones committing the murders and the assaults and everything that but uh, yeah, I would agree they're mentally like they shouldn't have guns. Yep, I agree. But those the are problem criminals. is is those are criminals. Yeah, the problem is is when we talk about um mental mentally challenged people or whatever uh that have firearms. Um they would consider us to be have mental health issues. Yeah,
0: that's the other problem, and I, I always have that argument about gun control and things with people that say, "Oh, well, uh, do you agree that mentally ill people should have guns?" And I'm like, "Who's deciding who's mentally ill? They don't get that part. It's it's the same thing with uh, with this COVID stuff. If you don't want one of these experimental jabs, you're mentally ill. It's the same thing. Who's deciding? who is mentally ill. And they say, oh, you can go to 10 different psychologists and and pick whichever one you want. But if they're all working for the pharmaceutical companies, if they're all working and influenced behind the scenes by the state, if they're not uh, of their own thinking, then what's the point? What's the point? They're going to say, oh, you have a mental instability problem and you should have yourself checked. You could give them all the right answers. It, it doesn't matter. Go back to the Soviet Union. If you were one of these people that criticized the people's paradise, then there was something wrong with you. 40 million people starved to death in the Soviet Union because of bad government policy. Oh, they were going to create some wonder crop that was going to fix everything. They put somebody in there that had no idea about agriculture, science, or lab work or anything. And all of a sudden, he was going to create some wonder crop. 40 million people starved to death because of that. So...
1: I think the argument of, um, uh, that, that they're bringing up here, mental health issues in general, um, I would refer them back to the Second Amendment and say, show me where it says mental health issue in the Second Amendment. What's that? It doesn't say that? Then you can take that argument and shove it so far up your rectum that it'll be coming out your mouth. Oh, wait, it already is. My, my mistake. And we're out of time today.
0: <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you the last point. I'll give you the last word. <laughs> So we are going to have to go, but uh, thank you for being here today. So for those of you who have not signed up to us on Telegram, get over there, get signed up to us. We put out all of our content we put out here every day, and we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. However, this week, I'm still trying to get Room 101 set up. If we get that set up, then what we're going to do is we're going to record it on the day we would normally record our exclusive. And what we will do, we will release it early for our Telegram subscribers. However, if you are not subscribed to us on Telegram, you will still get that exact same podcast just two days later. So you will get it on Monday. Uh, and what that is, uh, it's it's a, special, uh, it's a special that we do every once in a while. Uh, and we bring some people on for it. Uh, it's a comedy show, basically. We try to stay away from politics because, I mean we need a break every once in a while, right? And we all need to laugh. Everybody that I talk to that listens to them, uh, they they always say that they get a big kick out of them. So um, yeah, we're uh, we're <laughs> we're going to try and do one of those this week. So anyway, uh, yeah, get signed up to us on Telegram. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. And thank you to those of you who have us along. We really appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.